Welcome everybody to the Safini Society, nothing but facts live stream. It's Thursday and you know what that means. It is time for stories of the awliya. And today we're on Sahl al-Tustari. Abu Muhammad Sahl ibn Abdullah al-Tustari. Ahada immatul qawm. We are reading from the Risala, Kushayriya, one of the greatest books in um, the subject matter of tasawwuf. Ilm tasawwuf, discussing what are the ahwal and what are the paths and all these things. And he has a great section at the end for the biographies of the awliya. Now, Sahl al-Tustari is an extremely important uh, figure. His name comes up all the time in wise sayings, etc. And let's see what his biography states today. Oops, this thing got stuck in my finger. He says, لَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُ فِي وَقْتِهِ نَظِيرٌ In the matters of wara or, or caution in religion and being someone who was honored for that and known for that and, and scrupulous about the followership of the law, he did not have a, uh, anyone close to him in this regard. لَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُ نَظِيرٌ he had no competition. وَكَانَ صَاحِبُ كَرَامَاتِ He had many karamats. What is a karama? It is anything that is breaks the norms that we are accustomed to. Yet at the same time, it does not come with a claim of prophethood, of a new law, or of uh, abrogating or overriding the sharia. Nor is it come from somebody who is a sinner, basically, a asi, someone who's constant. If that's the case, then it's istidraj. If it comes with a claim of overriding the sharia, it's kufr. It's not called karama. Yeah. So that's the definition of a karama. And, and the adab of a karama is that in most cases, you keep it silent. In some cases, you may publicize it. Like what? Juraj. In most cases, it happens to you and you don't do it uh, to others. You don't do it on your own. Nobody says, all right, watch, I'm going to do a karama right now. Usually that's not the case. It's usually it happens to you, and it's not something that you purposely do. Except There are some exceptions, like Juraj again, when he told the baby to speak in that famous story that happened in the time of the sons of Israel, Ben Israel. So those are some of the adab surrounding karama. A karama is something, a mu'ajiza of a prophet is something to be publicized, to show everyone he is, a new, he is truly a prophet and we must follow him. He met the Nun al-Misri and they were companions. And he met him in Mecca okay, as they were making hajj. I was only three years old. وَكُنْتُ أَقُومُ اللَّيْلِ أَقُومُ بِاللَّيْلِ And I used to get up at night. أَنظُرْ إِلَى صَلَاةِ خَالِ مُحَمَّدِ بْنِ سِوَارِ And I used to get up and watch my uncle pray. In Tareem, they say that they wake up the kids to play. In the middle of Tahajjud, if a parent wakes up for Tahajjud, he'll nudge his kids and they'll get up and play. And they want their kids to get used to being up at that that hour to have memories of being awake at that hour and watching their parents pray and just turn on like a small lamp or something like that for the prayer if you're nervous if you're upset about life 
you're depressed, if you're anything, the solution is tahajjud. And if you do salawats on the Prophet during tahajjud, even more. But it's not that Muslims never get depressed. It's that there's certain things we have solutions. Right? We have solutions that they just work. I don't know how else to put it. They work so quickly too. Like extremely quickly for extremely difficult cases of depression. Depression is a reality that happens to, to people. It's not, not, not when we say we, we like sort of look, not look down on it, but dismiss it almost. It's not dismissing it as a thing that actually happens. Of course not. Who would do that, right? But it is in a sense that it, it's impossible for this thing to continue if you take certain medicines Spiritual medicines of, number one, correcting your beliefs. Sometimes your beliefs are the source. Okay. Avoiding certain sins because sometimes sins are the source of certain darknesses. And then you have something like Tehajjud, and when you hear people speak about their experience with Tehajjud, you find that very quickly resolves problems, internal problems. So... From childhood, he was uh, watching his uncle pray to Hajjud. That's how simple it is. I'm, 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 there's a saying from Muhammad ibn Junaid al-Sadiq, who is considered one of the imma of the subject of Tasawuf. And he said, the summary of Tasawuf is not all these ahwal and maqams. It's avoid the haram and pray a couple rakahs in the middle of the night. You're going to arrive. Like the summary, that's the summary of the whole situation. Right? Like what is, what, what is exactly... Any profession, you can really boil it down to a couple qualities. And it's not saying that's it, but everything grows out of that. Like, what is medicine? It's the ability to sit down, read, and memorize. A lot of medicine is like that, right? It's just, that's a summary of it. Well, I, I need to go to medical school. Can you sit out and sit still and memorize? Right? That's a summary. So, what is law school? It's about, it's reading a bunch of books and talking and writing, Right? That's essentially the summary of the whole thing. So, Tahajjud was his main thing that he grew up on by watching it first. So, his uncle used to say, Idhab ya sahl fanam, go sleep. Okay? Faqad shagalta qalbi, you distract me. Like, children are a fitna that we love. Like, everyone loves their kids, right? But Allah calls them a fitna. It's not the fitna that leads you astray all the time. Sometimes it's a fitna that they're too cute. I can't take your eyes off them, right? You can't possibly be in a room with a one or a two-year-old, three-year-old, like they're so cute and that, that cuteness is going. Soon they'll be like five, six. They're extremely sloppy. Their nose is always running. Their hands are always dirty. They're extremely dirty and sloppy. The beauty, the cuteness of one and two years old, it's almost like I can't resist it because it's going to be gone so quickly, right? And so you have to play with them. So kids are a type of fitna in that respect, in that you can't resist it. So he says, you make my heart busy, go sleep. My uncle said to me one time, do you do dhikr of Allah who created you? So he said, how do I do dhikr? So you see how this stuff is passed on? You got to pass it on to your kids. قال بقل... فقال قل بقلبك. 
with your heart. When you're uh, moving your around. Okay. Without even mentioning moving your tongue. Like remember Allah in your heart. Now, this sounds like it's complicated, but it's not. I think kids are more in tune with these types of things than others may imagine them to be. But he said, what do you say in your heart? Say, Allahu ma'i, Allahu nadirun ilayya, Allahu shahidi. Say, Allah is with me, Allah is gazing upon me, Allah is witnessing me. He said, say it in your heart. Not You don't have to say it with your tongue. Just in your heart, say this to yourself. فَقُلْتُ ذَلِكَ ثَلَاثْ لَيَالٍ He says, say this when you're in your bed, tossing and turning. He said, I, I did that for three uh, uh, nights. And then I told my uncle, I did it. فَقَالَ لِي قُلْ فِي كُلِّ لَيْلَةٍ سَبْعَ مَرَّاتٍ Say it every night before you sleep seven times. Allahu ma'i, Allahu shahidi, Allahu hadri, Allahu nadir ilayya. Okay. Then he said, I said, I did it. He, then he said, قُلْ فِي كُلِّ لَيْلَةٍ إِحْدَ عَشَرَ مَرَّةٍ Say it 11 times before you go to sleep. So I did it. فَوَقَعَ فِي قَلْبِ حَلَاوَةٍ Finally, after how long now? A couple weeks, couple passed, another couple weeks, he said, finally then, it settled into my heart a sweetness. فَلَمَّا كَانَ بَعْدَ سَنَةٍ After a whole year, I say it 11 times before I go to sleep. That's it. In your heart. But he's a child. He's so pure, right? He doesn't have sins to block the dhikr. See, we sometimes have to really pound the dhikr hard because we have sins. You have to penetrate through those. Anytime someone sits for the remembrance of Allah, the first like few, four or five minutes, it may be difficult. If it's so, if it's so, that's because there's some clouds and darknesses. Once those clouds and darknesses are gone and that sweetness comes about, that is a sign of the healthy heart. And if that doesn't come, you got to keep asking, I'm doing something wrong. I'm believing something's wrong. Something's wrong. If you eat chocolate and you don't taste it, are you sick or not? Right? If there's a Hershey kiss and you know that this factory makes the same Hershey kiss, there's no difference. A Hershey kiss is a Hershey kiss. The first one, the millionth one from last year, from this year, a Hershey kiss is a Hershey kiss. Right? We all know what it's going to taste like. You put it in your mouth and you don't taste something. You better call a doctor right away. You are sick. Something's wrong with you. I, Vic- yeah. in, uh, I think it was uh, Sayyid Muhammad Alawi Maliki. Yeah. His book, uh, Insan Kamil. Yeah. Basically, he said like the same exact thing you're saying, but he said about the Prophet Sallallahu Somebody, a, bl- a blind person's claims about the sun doesn't take away from his brightness. Yeah. Like a, if a blind person says that the sun isn't Subhanallah, bright. Subhanallah, that's beautiful. It's not like they're saying anything about the sun. Yeah. If, if, if a blind person tells you that uh, the sun is no big deal, it means nothing, right? It means that you actually have the sickness, right? The blind person has a sickness. So this is what we got to look at, and this is what we have to judge ourselves by. To ca- that's, and it takes practice. That's all it is. He says here, it took... It took some while. First, he was just saying it. Then, I felt a sweetness. And then, a year passed. My uncle said, Memorize what I taught you and keep it up. Until you enter your grave. 
In other words, now that you finally arrived, keep it up now. Because unlike the sweetness of food that has a limit, this sweetness has no limit. And that's something that's in the tafsir of Surah Al-Fatiha by Al-Baghawi, who, who asked the question, if we're, what is the Surat Al-Mustaqim? Obviously the answer is At-Tawheed Wal-Islam, right? So we Muslims, we are saying we believe in it, we're here, Muslims. Why keep saying, guide us to the straight path? Why would we keep saying that? He says that the ijma' of Ahlul Sunnah holds that guidance has no limit. You can keep going up and up and up the ladder of spirituality to no end. There is no limit to it. And there is no limit to that sakina in the heart of a mu'min. To the point that what the what the these awliya consider to be perturbed or that can, they would consider dryness would be for other people considered a massive spirituality, right? So it has no limit. So he said, you see what happened here? This is a microcosm and a summary of everything. You, re, you, you stayed away from sins, you me- remembered Allah, you felt it in your heart. Now you just scale it. That's all it is. You just scale it. So that's, that was his uncle. That was his first teacher. فَلَمْ أَزَلْ عَلَى ذَلِكَ سِنِينَ I stayed like this for years. فَوَجَدْتُ لَهَا حَلَاوَ فِي سِرِّي And I felt a great sweetness in my heart. You see, that's why the world is in order. Because at that time, this is how the world is in order. Because individual humans are in order. Okay? When individual humans are happy, the world will be a happy place. Is You cannot possibly... Be in a state of sweetness, except that you have to pass it off. You will pass it off, no matter what your personality is. You don't have to be a jovial personality. If you're feeling that in your heart and you're feeling some such good, a good state, you will pass it off some way or other. And if you're in an envious state, you will make other people miserable. If you're in an angry state, you'll make other people angry, right? So what is the, the world, when we talk about rectification of the world, isn't it just rectification of human beings? So what, how does an individual get rectified? This is it. This is how he's telling you. Not that complicated, but it takes a lot of effort. And it takes a lot of persistence. In our world, with all of our distractions... Hey, Ryan, if you get a second, could you push that plug in real quick? Sorry, I'm make you get up. I remember also you were saying like a long time ago. Yeah. Like, uh, a year is composed of months, months is Yep. That, that's it. That's how it is. And, and that's why the subject matter of time, Imam Ghazali talks about, is so important. And Ghazali looks at you, your, your life, it could be a microcosm of your day. So your day operates by the prayer times. And then what you do in between. Because if you have something that you habitually do in between, but you scale that to 365 days a year to 50 years, that's your life right there. Right? Then that's why our, the system of the people of, of this path is, is the system of awrad. That is the system. It's stuff that you say all the time. Okay? All the time. Okay? It's, it's something that you do on the regular. You never leave it off. Now he continues. 
ثم قال لي يوما He said to me one day يا سهل من كان الله تعالى معه وهو ناظر إليه وشاهده أي عصي If you are somebody or somebody whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching is with them is gazing upon them would he ever dis- disobey him? Beware of sins. I'm telling you this path is to Sawuf. One of the Shadariya, he said it. He said, he really summarizes it as, don't commit sins, do a lot of dhikr. That's it. You want to know to Sawuf? Avoid sins, do a lot of dhikr. And we would add to that the prerequisite, especially for people who are like thinking deeply, always study Aqidah. You can trip up on things if you don't know Aqidah. How much of, of, of when we talk about dua is related to Aqidah and people make dua all the time, right? It's all, it's all related to Aqidah. So take Aqidah course, avoid sins, make, make a lot of dhikr, and keep good company of people. How, how simple is that? I used to always spend a lot of time alone, he said. I would do khalwa. I would be all alone in the remembrance of Allah. So they sent me to study. Memorize the Quran and study books. He says, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my spiritual momentum. By, by now I'm, I'm studying, I'm reading books and things like that. But he stuck with it. I memorized the whole Quran. The man, he's lived a spiritual life and he's I'm six years old now. He's lived all this life and, and he's talking all about his spirituality and, uh, and what his uncle taught him. He's six years old. He finished the Quran. SubhanAllah. People were different back then. فَقُلْتُ uh, He says uh, Where did I leave off? الكتاب فقلت إني ولكن شارط شارط المعلم أني أذهب إليه ساعة فأتعلم ثم أرجع. Okay, so sorry, I actually skipped a line. He said, I was afraid that I would lose my spiritual momentum by being with these people and studying with them. So they they made a deal that I would only go one hour a day, and I can come back and be alone and do my thing. So he says, فمضيت إلى الكتاب وحفظت القرآن وأنا ابن ست سنين. I was six or seven years old. I finished the whole Quran. And I used to fast every single day except the two Eids. And I would eat barley bread. That was my, my food. And this was my state until I became 12 years old. When I was 13, a fit question came up. A question, an issue. فَسَأَلْتُ أَهْلِي أَنْ يَبْعَثُونِي إِلَى بَصْرَةِ الْبَصْرَةِ أَسْأَلُ عَنْهَا So I asked my family, can I go to Basra to ask the scholars there? فَجِئْتُ الْبَصْرَةِ وَسَأَلْتُ عُلَمَائِهَا I came to Basra and I asked, I asked its scholars. فَلَمْ يَشْفِ أَحَدٌ مِّنْهُمْ عَنِّي شَيْئًا None of their answers settled my heart. فَخَرَجْتُ إِلَى عَبَادَان I went to Abadan. It's a Medina. Al-Khalij, Al-Arabi. It's a port city on the Arabian Sea. 
on, uh, on the Muslim side, not on the Persian side, Markaz Takrir and Naft al Irani. Okay, and it's a place of where the Iranians get their Naft, okay, their petrol. Okay. Then, I went to Abadan. I went to So I went to a man. His name was Abu Abu Habib, Hamza ibn Abdullah al Abadani, and he gave me the answer. وأقمت عنده مدة. And I was satisfied with the answer. I stayed with him for a period of time, learning from his words and benefiting from his adab. Then I came back to my village of Tustar. Okay. So my, my food was one silver coin of, 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 of wheat that was not separated from its husk. Okay. So wheat, they used to, the rich separate the, the wheat from the husk, but the poor eat the wheat with the husk. So, so that was my, my food, one silver coin worth. فَأَفْطُرْ عِنْدَ السَّحَرْ كُلَّ لَيْلَةً عَلَىٰ وَاحِدَةٍ or Adam. And I would eat one uh, piece of bread like that, whatever that was, uqiya worth, it's a size. I don't know what it, what the sizes will be today. One worth of that, no salt and no dip. Idam is the food around the food. Like when, when the Arabs bring out food, if you ever go notice, they bring out a million little dips. If you go to a Turkish restaurant, they give you a middle, like red stuff, orange stuff, green stuff, oil, right? A million little dips. That's called idam. Okay? Or adam. It's pronounced differently in different places. But it's like dip. Essentially, you dab your food in it or you pour it on your food. It's supposed to give it its spice, essentially, or its taste. He never ate that. فَكَانَ ذَلِكَ الدِّرْهَمْ يَكْفِينِي سَنَةً And that silver coin... Would be enough for a year. Wow. He hardly ate. ثُمَّ عَزَّمْتُ عَلَىٰ أَنْ أَطْوِيَ ثَلَاثَ لَيَالٍ أَفْطُرُ لَيْلًا ثُمَّ خَمْسًا ثُمَّ سَبْعًا ثُمَّ خَمْسًا وَعِشْرِينَ لَيْلًا وَسِرْتُ عَلَىٰ هَذَا النِّظَامِ عِشْرِينَ سَنَةً ثُمَّ خَرَجْتُ أَسِيحُ فِي الْأَرْضِ سِنِينَ ثُمَّ رَجَعْتُ إِلَىٰ تُسْتَرْ وَكُنْتُ أَقُومُ Essentially, he would go nights and days just on a bite of bread. Okay, and first he'll be like two nights, three nights, five nights, seven nights, barely just on a bite of bread. And he would pray the entire night. And then he said, "Then I would also go travel the earth, be a stranger with no home, and pray the entire night of uh, in ibadah." And then I went back to Tostar. So he is raised upon the Zuhd. And there is no competition, no distraction. And Everything that you do from yourself without a Senate, 
an evidence, a proof, a guidance, is from yourself. It gives life to your ego. That's one of the reasons why, hey, why can't I go figure it out? I'm a man. Abu Hanif is a man. Madik is a man. They're all men. We're all just people. So why don't I just figure stuff out myself? Why do I need these shiuch? Why do I need these things? It's because when we're followers, it decreases from our ego. And followership does not mean you can't know the evidence. You should know the evidence. That's a faqih. A faqih is somebody, he knows the rulings and or the evidence behind it. And that's what we should be going for. We should all be aiming to be fuqaha, which means we can't make the ijtihad, but I understand the method by which the imam makes ijtihad, and I understand his evidences. So if I'm asked, I can tell him, that's the evidence. But I didn't invent the evidence myself. I didn't come up with it myself. Yep. So that's the value of al-iqtida'. وَكَانَ وَكُلُّ فِعْلٍ يَفْعَلُهُ الْعَبْدُ بِالْإِقْتِدَاءِ there it is. Everything you do, be a muqtadi. If Allah asks you, why did you do this? Because Shafi said this is the evidence. Abu Hanifa said this is the evidence. The fuqaha all have ijma' that this is permissible. Okay. Okay. What does he say? This is torture for the ego. The ego always wants to make itself away from everybody, distinct, better than everybody. That's the way of the ego. So be very careful and be very mindful. The way of the ego. Next, Muhammad al-Thaqafi. وَهُوَ أَبُوْ عَلِي Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab al-Thaqafi. So this is a different Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab. He died in 328 of the Hijra, 940 of the Common Era. He was the Imam of his time. صَحِبَ أَبَا حَفْسٍ وَحَمْدُونَ الْقَصَّارِ وَبِهِ ظَهَرَ التَّصَوْفِ بِنِسَبُورِ He's the one who brought Tasawuf to Nisipur. If a man gathered all of knowledge. By the way, kullu, the word kullu is from the tawabi'ah. Tawabi'ah means it takes whatever case of the previous word. So if the previous word is mansub, then kull becomes mansub. So in this sentence, past tense verb, al-ulumah. So, kul will follow it. Be mansub. Jama'a al-uluma kullaha. Wa sahiba tawa'if al-nasi. That's mudaf mudaf ilayh. He gathered all the knowledges and he kept the company of all the different groups. La yablughu mablagh al-rijali illa bil-riyadha. Okay? He will not reach, attain the level of being a rajul and the rajul is a phrase taken from the Quran, fihi rijalun. Okay, fihi rijal. In the Quran, men it says, uh, it has in it men, fihi rijalun. Um, it has men in it who never tire from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ayah, fihi rijalun, hibbuna an yatatahharu. It has in it rijal, men. And this, they say, rijal here is a maqam that, that is not restricted to males. But it's a special, it's a state meaning someone who ardently and consistently seeks to purify his soul. 
فيه رجال يحبون أن يتطهروا. So he says, you will not become a rajul until you strive against yourself. Min sheikh or imam or muaddib nasih, and you have a guide who guides you in this. Is there anybody out there who is a weightlifter without a coach? Is there a boxer out there, anyone, without a coach? I'll tell you why there isn't, because you wouldn't get so far. If you are the one who's setting the limits for yourself, and, and you're the one who tells yourself when you can have a break, and when you could stop, and when you could not come, and when you could come later, you'll never be disciplined. You will never be disciplined. So you need somebody to tell you, no, you can go more. Someone, someone who's been around the block to say, you can keep running. You can run this faster. Why is he saying that? Because he saw someone just like you run it faster 20 years ago, right? Experience tells him, you can do better. I know your qualities. I know your weaknesses. I can push you harder. So where you won't push yourself, they'll push you. And where you think it is good for you, they might stop you, okay? Because they've seen it all. So that's the value of having that muaddib. It's called. وَمَنْ لَمْ يَأْخُذْ أَدَبَهُ مِنْ أُسْتَاذْ يُرِيهِ عُيُوبَ أَعْمَالِهِ وَرُعُونَاتِ نَفْسِهِ لَا يَجُوزُ الْإِقْتِدَاءُ بِهِ And if he's somebody, he never had anybody like this to show him his flaws and his mistakes, you cannot follow him. Why? He never followed anybody else. How could you have a leader that never had a leader? So how does that leader know how to treat a follower? Okay. وَقَالَ يَأْتِي عَلَى هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ زَمَانِ There will come a, a time on this ummah لَا تَطِيبُ الْمَعِيشَ فِيهِ لِمُؤْمِنِ That no believer will have a good life in it. In other words, they will not enjoy life. إِلَّا بَعْدَ إِسْتِنَادِهِ إِلَى مُنَافِقِ Except that he re- rely upon a hypocrite. In other words, he does, what he means by this is that there will be a time where the hypocrites have so much power okay, that anyone who lives well, in other words, you have a salary, you have a job, whatever, there must be a munafik somewhere up there who facilitated that. It's just an observation. وَقَالَ أُفٍ مِنْ أَشْغَالِ الدُّنْيَا he said, uf, which is an expression of rejection, to the busyness of the dunya if it comes upon us. Wa uffin. Okay. Uf is like ismun li fi'al. Ba'uda. Something, it means, I wish it would go away. It's, it's an ism, but it, what it means is, I wish it would go away. Min hasaratiha idha adbarat. And woe or uff and rejected for the sadness of when the dunya goes away from us. The intelligent one never relies upon creation. If it comes to you, it keeps you busy. If it goes away, you become sad about it. Next, biography number 20, Ahmad al-Jurayri. وهو أبو محمد أحمد بن محمد بن حسين الجريري من كبار أصحاب الجنيد جنيد السالك أقعد بعد الجنيد في مكانه he is the successor of جنيد السالك أحمد الجريري he is the successor of جنيد السالك وقد صاحب سهل بن عبد الله تستري he was also 
a companion of Sahl ibn Abdullah Tusri, who كان عالما بعلوم هذه الطائفة, and he was a scholar in the knowledge of the Taifa. Now, if a person doesn't necessarily have a sheikh, the solution to that is to keep the company constantly of the shiuch. Over time, each one will teach you one little different thing. And you will be cooked over time. And your nafs will be humbled. Okay. قال أحمد بن عطاء مات الجريري سنة الهبير فمررت به بعد سنة فإذا هو مستند جالس وركبته إلى صدر صدره وهو مشير إلى الله بأسبوعه يقول من استولت عليه نفسه صار أسيرا في حكم الشهوات If your ego rises and controls you then you are a captive to your desires محصورا في سجن الهوى trapped in the jail of whims and his heart Allah has forbidden or blocked benefit from entered his heart he doesn't find sweetness in the words of the truth nor does he find it enjoyable okay I'm telling you you know where we'll know our community has really succeeded is when our youth enjoy dhikr. And the way to do that is to have them sit down in it regularly. Whether it be recitation of Quran, adhkar of a sabah wal masa, whatever, dhikr gatherings. If they're not enjoying it, then they're not doing enough. And something else is competing, whether it's music in their AirPods or whatever nonsense that they watch on, on the, online or having chats on Discord and all that stuff that's a waste of time. They think it's something neat now, but... We know it's a waste of time. وَإِنَّ كَثْرَتْ وَإِنْ كَثُرَتْ تِرْدَادُهُ عَلَى لِسَانِهِ So this type of person who is stuck in his desires and whims, it doesn't matter how much dhikr he does, he won't find the sweetness because he is submitting himself to his whims and his desires all the time. There's a Sufi group in New York. I find it to be a fraud. Nothing is haram with these people. Nothing is haram. They claim to do dhikr all day long, but nothing is haram. Zina. It's not, it's, oh, you come in with your girlfriend, you come in with your boyfriend. She, the leader there, just lets it pass. It's like, you never say no to desires. That's a problem. It's very simple. Discipline requires you to say no to desires. You go to anyone who succeeds. Go to the New England Patriots. You think a player there could do what they want? You can't. You're doing what you're told. It's military over there. Go to see where the Chinese and the Indian who's scoring the best grades in SATs and they're in every college uh, Ivy League at the top. They, their parents said no. Oh, can I have a sleepover with Amanda? No. Oh, can I have fun? No. Study. Yeah, miserable, maybe a little bit, probably a lot bit, maybe more than we would do it. But how miserable when she's graduating top of her high school, going to a six-year BA um, med program, because they have them now. They shorten the whole track to six years. Full scholarship. By 25, they're doctors. 
right? And they're in residency programs and their head is up high because they achieved something in life. Discipline is just saying no to enjoyments. That's all it is. This, the, 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 the fit guy and the non-fit guy. What's the difference between the two of them? One guy sees the beautiful bread and he sees the cake and he says, nah, I'll pass. And the other guy says, what's one slice going to do like a fool? One slice today, one slice next week, one slice the week after that, that's 55 slices over the course of six months, over the course of a year, right? That's what's the problem. That's what's around your waist. And by the way, the Prophet said he did make comments about the excessive waistline. He looked at a man, had a big stomach. He said that would be better on someone else. Why? Because there's poor people. How much are you eating when there's poor people? That's what the Prophet was saying. But it's not belittling the creation of Allah because Allah didn't create you that way. He didn't create you with excessive weight. You ate. You're the one who ate the food, right? So our kids are no dumber than any of these Indian and Chinese kids. They just spend more time doing the math tables. They just spent more time studying, right? <sighs> Same thing with this. It's all about discipline. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, سَأَصْرِفُ عَنْ آيَاتِيَ الَّذِينَ يَتَكَبَّرُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ بِغَيْرِ If you want to not see the truth, if you want to know who will never see the truth, the arrogant. Someone arrogant will not see the truth. I will turn them away from my signs. Ahmad ibn al-Jala says, what is Ahmed? next? Ahmad ibn al-Jala. وهو أبو عبد الله أحمد ابن يحيى الجلاء بغدادي الأصل he's a Baghdadi أقام بالرملة ودمشق he resided in Sham Khalawai okay. is asking wasn't it Sayyidina Omar who said that in Tawaf? maybe it was but I, I heard it from the Prophet so I said but we'll check وكان من أكابر مشايخ الشام he was from the big shiukh of Sham صاحب أبا تراب وذنون المصري وَأَبَا عُبَيْدِ الْبِسْرِ الْبَسْرِ Not Basri, Al-Busri, sorry, Busri. وَأَبَاهُ يَحْيَى الْجَلَّةِ He was a companion of the Nun al-Masri. Okay, and, uh, and others. قَالَ قُلْتُ لِأَبِي وَأُمِّي I said to my mother and father, أُحِبُّ أَن تَهَبَانِي لِلَّهِ I would love that you send me for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just put me out for the sake of Allah. Okay. فَقَالَ They said, قَدْ وَهَبْنَاكَ لِلَّهِ We have given you as a gift to Allah. Meaning, we will not encumber you upon anything. You just do ibadah all day. Okay. 
right. So I was away from them for a, lo- a period of time. I came back on a rainy night. I knocked on the door. My father says, who is it? I said, your son Ahmed. We had a son, but we sent him, we gave him to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, we, we bequeathed him to the way of Allah. We're from the Arabs, we don't take back something that we gave away. And he didn't open the door. SubhanAllah. Uh, Ryan has pulled it up. The Prophet ﷺ saw a fat man as is narrated in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed. He gestured with his hand to his stomach and said, if this was not this, okay, it would have been better for you. See? Similar. And Sayyidina Umar is the one who said, what is that? The man To, to the stomach of the man. The man said, a blessing from Allah. Umar said, no, that's punishment. So um, don't call it fat shaming. We're not shaming somebody who was born and at nine years old, they're way overweight because they have a disorder or they're just body. It's not even a disorder. They're just body processes things differently. We're talking about the stomach here. Not you have fat fingers. That's, you can't control that. That would be fat shaming, which is haram. But we're talking about the stomach. That stomach, it only comes out if food goes in. Right. Whereas uh, someone's got big fingers, big ankles, that's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He created you that way, and we would find beauty in that. Right? But that okay. Uh Atik, erase that. It's not, not how you talk. You can say the comment was savage, but you can't say um that he's a savage. I know what you mean, but Atiq Rahman, he says Omar is a savage. No, you can't say that. Just say the comment was savage. But just erase that and say something else. I know what you mean. He didn't mean anything bad, but um, if it, I understand what he's saying. But we we can't talk like that about a Sahabi. So the father said, "No, we sent. We had a son. We devoted him to Allah. So we're not taking him back." If you want to know when the people are out of your heart, zuhud means it's out of my heart. Is that right, the blame and praise of people is the same? Let me ask you a question. If a little kid walks by you and he says something, he doesn't speak English, he speaks some language that you don't even speak, and he says something, and you ask, what did he say? Right? Would you actually really care what he said? What difference does it make? Right? Who cares? You see how far he is from your heart? A complete stranger that is seven years old. His opinion doesn't matter. Nothing matters about what he said. That is the zuhud that we're talking about here. It does not matter one iota what this person says. That's zuhud. Now, zuhud doesn't mean I don't care for their feelings. Zuhud just means whether they attack me or love me, it's the same. I'm not going to worry about it. 
ومن حافظ على الفرائض في أول مواقيتها فهو عابد and if you, you want to be a عابد then do the ibadat as soon as they become obligatory upon you now going back to the one about not caring about whether they praise you or blame you that means it doesn't necessarily mean that um, let's say your wife and is that a relationship that I don't care what she thinks no that's not it means that I'm going to do what is right regardless of opinions okay I'm not going to do what is haram regardless of what anyone thinks. I'm going to still be, my iman will be strong regardless what anyone says. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't desire to be on the same page as other Muslims. And it doesn't mean that we give no value to love between other Muslims. Because that's also a true virtue will never knock out another virtue. It's impossible. So you have to understand how the two virtues come together. You understand? Because sometimes people can become very selfish and even coarse towards other people if they misunderstand these books. I've said this many times. Ghazali's books, you can't always read them by yourself. You need someone to contextualize the the, the statements that he's making and make them match with other virtues. Because sometimes he speaks about something and puts it at its highest level or final logical conclusion, right? But it does have a discussion, okay? And it has context and it has exceptions. And Ghazali doesn't mention all his exceptions in his book. There are a lot of exceptions, okay? And if when you see all of the actions of the world are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you are muwahid. I think by really later terminology will be you are arif billah. Someone who sees all of everything that happens, this is from Allah. That's from Allah. This is a creation. This is a test from Allah. This is a gift from Allah, etc. When when he died, the doctor walked in. And he looked at Ibn Habib and he said, oh, he's alive. Good, he's alive. He's doing well. Then he looked again, okay, and he found him dead. Meaning that he was so fresh in life, in death, as fresh as he was in life. He looked at his face and he said, Wallahi, I don't know if he's dead or alive. From the freshness, from his, the freshness of his face. One more before we get to Bishr al-Hafi. Bunan al-Jamal wa huwa Abu al-Hasan. He died 316 Hijri, 928 CE. Al-Wasiti, he's from Wasit, Baghdad, Iraq, I mean. Al-Asl, originally. But he moved to Egypt. Kana Adim al-Shatn wa sahib karamat. He had a big affair in life and he had a lot of karamat. He was asked about the highest states of the people of Tasawwuf and he said, Trust in what Allah has promised you. Trust that Allah is going to continue giving you risk. And 
fulfill the obligations of the religion. Which means Guard your heart by doing private ibadah so that everything is just for the sake of Allah. Don't worry about people. Al-ins wal-jinn. Don't worry about them. Yaqul, I don't know why he says kawnain, but maybe just for the sake of the rhyme or something. Yaqulu Abu Ali Ar-Rudhabari Ulqiya Bunan al-Jammal Bayna yaday al-Sab'a Banan al-Jammal was placed as a punishment in a in a in a ring in a arena with wild animals with a wild animal a wild animal the wild animal came to him and was sniffing him and not eating him and not harming him they said okay it's not work it didn't work bring him out what was going through your heart when this predator was sniffing you? I was thinking about what the ulama said, the ikhtilaf on the saliva of the predator. Is it najis or is it tahir? SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Ladies and gentlemen, take our classes at arcview.org. Always study, non-stop taking classes. If you dropped off and you didn't take classes for a long time, get back on and study. We are a people of non-stop, I'm saying non-stop we study. We always study. Okay. It's okay. You dropped off for months or weeks or years, get back on. What's wrong with that? Okay. Get back on the train of seeking knowledge. Get back to classes. Take classes, sign up at arcview.org and take classes, listen to lectures, finish course after course after course. You will find yourself one day, wow, I actually, I know stuff. I can I can talk. And go to patreon.org and support this live stream, ladies and gentlemen. Support this live stream. Okay. All right, question and answer time. A lot of comments already on the stream, but bring your questions here. All right, what do we have here so far? In a message, this brother brings his son who's three, and one time in Asad, he was far away from people, started reciting Fatih and Surah Rahman, screaming it, and it was quite distracting. Children who are distracting or who are... Um, uh, they wet themselves, they soil themselves, they run around and distract all the worshippers, shouldn't come to the masjid. This argument, oh, but I want my kid to love the masjid, okay? Not at the expense of the other worshippers. How about respect the masjid first? Learn how to respect the masjid. Well, you'll, he'll respect the masjid when you respect the masjid. Uh, in my family, if the babies scream, they, someone doesn't go to tarawih. That's how simple it is. So don't come to tarawih. Go, don't go to the masjid. It's not like we're saying never come to the masjid. When your child is able to come and not distract everybody, all right, we want, if we have to benefit, are we going to go for the benefit of one baby or 50 adults? 
which one are we going to benefit? Okay, so the prophet, prophet himself said, Keep your babies away from the masjid. They soil the masjid, they run around, they make everyone distracted. Can you take your baby to an opera? What do you have to love the masjid for? He's like three years old. He doesn't even know anything about anything. So keep babies out from the masjid, especially in tarawih. The one baby ruining it for everybody? Oh, but I have to pray tarawih. No, you don't. It's not fard upon you. Go pray at home. What does sweetness of heart mean? It's a state or a feeling. Sweetness in your heart. Surah Al-Rad says Allah will not change the state of a people before they change what's in themselves. And that means for good and bad. Means if life is doing really well for you and you wonder, will it always be like this? The answer is Allah will not change your condition until you change yourself. Meaning, the mo- if, as long as you keep obeying Allah and working hard, the good will keep coming to you. That's the concept, right? The good will keep coming to you as long as you are doing well and, and working hard. This came, ayah first came down to the Bani Israel because sometimes the word of Allah comes in the Quran, the same word of Allah comes in the Torah or the Injil or the Zabur. So it came in their holy book at that time that Allah will not change the condition of a people until they change what is in themselves. So it means for good and for bad. And for bad, as I said yesterday, all this talk about you know, like Palestine identity, it's wonderful. But ibadah has to be part of it. You have to be ibadah Allah. Subhi is saying great stuff about Arkview. I can attest to it. I can listen to lectures on break at work, okay? It's super inexpensive for all that you get. It's basically, I would call it free. It's essentially free, but you just have to pay 10 bucks a month. That's all. Daydream of Autumn, can you create a link tree? Oh, that's a good idea. Go to the link in a bio. Great thinking by Daydream of Autumn. And Ryan's doing it right now. Yeah, because uh, you can't put links in the Instagram commentary. Linktree? It's just like a site with all your links, right? That's smart. What is our Linktree backslash what? Safina? Okay, good. Oh, nor maybe maybe Aisha. The previous admin made it. She probably made it. Yeah. Next question. It says, what does Tasawwuf mean? It is all the knowledge of Quran and the Sunnah as related to the heart. Just as fiqh is everything related to law. Aqidah is everything related to beliefs. Tasawwuf is everything related to the heart. Umm Maryam, is there any course in Arcview which will help giving da'wah, discussion with atheist acquaintances? Part of, yes, a key to paradise, if you go to key to paradise, which is Arcview Plus, the last few chapters of that, the last few chapters on the course, key to paradise, which is Aqidah. Okay, next question. Do we have Tesov? Yes, we have a Tesov class on Arcview Basic, and it's today, by the way. 
after Aisha, 7, 7.30 we pray Aisha, so by 7.50 we're on. Sophia wants us to record some of the Athkar. Yeah, we will record them. I mean, we have so many already, but we just haven't uploaded them and, and, and made them into productions. We have to do that. Yeah. Um, Chief Latif started Safina Saidi UK campus. First, I didn't know he was UK all this time. But one thing we are doing, inshallah ta'ala, we will be hosting UK time-based classes so that the UKers don't have to be up at like 1 a.m., 12 midnight for class. We will start having classes. It's actually easier for us because we'll be having class. Let's say the, good, the class time is good to be at 6 p.m. UK. That's 12 noon for us. We could do that. Or 8 p.m. UK, that's 2 o'clock for us. So, but it won't be next semester. It'll probably be after that. Patreon. JR says Fez is one of his favorite places on earth. I haven't been there in like almost 30 years. Yeah. Is, was it romantic to you? Did you find it like I'm in a lot dreamland? Romantic? Yeah. It stank. Everywhere. Oh, it's, it's polluted. It yeah. Oh, that's it terrible. Was, it was. That's terrible. It was like very interesting. Like it's dirty and messy and then. When you go into like, the door, it's really nice though, and there's okay. beautiful massages and everything. Okay. It's full of surprises. Probably. But definitely not romantic. Wow. You know what? Maybe we will do next semester, um, a class that I'll do in the morning. For us, it'll be morning. Like at before the live stream, once a week, we might do that actually, just to give them something. I'm sad that uh, Fez has got become dirty. Very sad. Yep. So that's the second verse on Rijal. Okay? To get you the ayat of that mention Rijal. Okay, look at this. We'll get that. Let me pull that up for a second. Because there are multiple. Okay. Ayat. If you're trying to get into a program and fail, how do you know when to give up on that project? You never give up unless there is no way else around it, such as trying to heal someone and they die. Then you have to give up, right? But... Um, But if, as long as you still want it. And I, I, I believe the best thing for the stability of the human mind is that you never put your mind to something and quit. You keep at it, even if it takes a long period of time. Because if you quit, the next time you make an intention, how do you know you won't quit at that? You'll say, ah, I'll probably do it, I'll quit eventually. Right? You don't want that. Okay. Okay, 
So Surah At-Tawbah and Surah An-Nur and Surah Al-Ahzab and Surah Al-Fatih. Okay, so what are these ayahs? The first one in Surah At-Tawbah. Okay. لَمَسْجِدٌ أُسِّسَ عَلَى التَّقْوَى مِنْ أَوَّلِ يَوْمٍ أَحَقُّ أَنْ تَقُومَ فِيهِ فِيهِ رِجَالٌ يُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَتَطَهَّرُوا Okay. وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُطَّهِرِينَ And Allah loves them. They love to purify themselves and Allah loves those who are purified. This ayah is also a hujjah that we do not go into the masajid of the mubtadi'ah. We don't go into masajid of people who are innovators. Bid'ah mufassiqa, let alone mukaffira. And we don't go into the homes, we don't go into masajid of traitors against the ummah. Okay. So that was the one in Surah At-Taqwa. No, Surah At-Tawbah, I mean. Next, Surah An-Nur. Rijal. La tulhihim tijaratun wala bay'un an dhikri allahi wa iqam al-salati wa ita'i zakah يَخَافُونَ يَوْمًا تَتَقَلَّبُ فِيهِ الْقُلُوبُ وَالْأَبْصَارِ Men, rijal. We, we said this is a, a spiritual, the word rijal is a spiritual maqam. Of course it means males in other contexts, but in this context it means it's a spiritual maqam that is described by these ayahs that is to be shared by men and women. It says here, business, buying and selling does not distract them from the remembrance of Allah. They are very strong in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and establishing the prayer and giving the zakah they fear the day that the hearts shake okay, and the eyes quiver but what does Allah say about them Allah will reward them based on the best of their deeds not the worst of their deeds nor the middle of their deeds the best of their deeds so let's say you had one deed that you did that was the best and everything else was in the middle he rewards you based on your best. He gives you Jannah based on your best deed, not everything else. He gives him more. More than they expected and imagined. And Allah rewards whomever He wishes without any hisab. Okay. And Surah Al-Fatih, Rijal are the reasons people are saved. Okay. هم الذين كفروا وصدوكم عن المسجد الحرام والهدي معكوفا أن يبلغ محلة. Allah blames the kuffar, the pagans of Mecca, and say these are the people who have distracted you, who have stopped you from the mosque. They're your enemies. But ولولا رجال مؤمنون ونساء مؤمنات لم تعلموهم أن تطؤوهم فتصيبكم منهم عرة بغير علم. So. There is no bloodshed in Mecca because there are rijal there. There are believers. And in that verse, though, it really just means generally believers because it mentions rijal al-mu'minin uh, when he said, males and females. Okay. All right, let's, uh, let's see what else we got going on here. Okay. What else you got, Ryan? Is it permissible when you're hungry and have no choice to eat in places where you don't know if the halal food is properly prepared? No. Fear of cross-contamination? No. You have to be certain before you eat food. You have to be certain it's halal. 
Only time is you're dying. You know, Zephyrs talk about this fat shaming. Um, yeah, I I actually find it that I don't have to lower my gaze a lot when I go to Target anymore. There's no fitna. The 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 there's just people on the walls anymore. They're not even physically fit. You walk in the area, you're trying to do your business, and they got all these posters of women, and they're not even putting physically fit. Like, how is she? She ain't done do anything. This modeling, the the modeling world, you used to have to be physically fit, but she didn't. She didn't even do anything. I mean, that's that's good for her. She doesn't have to hit the treadmill. All these other models must be like, hey, this is unfair, right? I hope she's getting paid half the price because she's working half the half the effort no effort show up put the clothes on that's it the other models they worked they dieted we're, we're, we they've get the, the woke people have got us like defending the old school haram because that stuff is all haram right all this modeling and all that but we're like defending the old school version <laughs> unbelievable if allah doesn't burden a soul beyond what it can bear do we still pray for it what do you mean in the last ayah of Surah Al-Baqarah. Um, when in the Quran saying Allah does not bear a soul more than it can, burden a soul with more than it can bear, that's talking about the Sharia. The Sharia is never impossible for anybody. It's always possible. And if it's impossible, there's what we call a rukhsa, a way out that the Sharia gives us. Okay, Like you can... Uh, break your fast when traveling for example you can eat pork if you're starving you could if you're if you're choking on peanuts in a baseball game you can take the beer of the person next to you and 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 save your life that's halal because that's a ruksa that's a burden okay but surah al-baqarah rabbana la tu'akhidna inna sinu qtara rabbana wa la tahmil alayna isran kama hamaltu ala ladin min qablina that is also oh Allah do not burden us with obligations the sahaba said that so yes we don't need to say it outside the salah because it had already happened. Uh, it is uh, the Sharia is already complete, but we still recite it in salah. So he says, plus size modeling. Mm. They said no to coke and yes to second servings. Hey, good for them. They don't have to do any work and they're getting the same salaries. Back in the day, Melody said you had to be a size 2 or size 4. By the way, some of these models, who's picking them? SubhanAllah, we're talking about modeling. It's all haram and haram, but I disagree with how they're doing the haram, right? The other side of it is almost like, this person's sick. This person's a crack addict. This person needs to be sent to a hospital and fed. This person needs an auntie. Sit her down and feed this woman, right? She hasn't eaten food for like uh, how many months? How is she even walking how is that even, you, that's also not a fitna, because you're like, that's not a fitna at all. Like, you're sick. You need an auntie, okay? So, the, you know, this, this, the, these wokies got us disagreeing with how haram is done. I know it's haram, but that's not how you do it. Dengis Sakari says, Assalamu alaikum. If I'm allowed to ask, please make dua for me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make you happy in this life and the next. May Allah Ta'ala give you a blessing in your wealth and in your household and in your family and in your spouse and in your children and your parents in all of your deen. 
May Allah bless it in this life and the next. And likewise, everyone listening to this stream. Okay. Okay, so... Let's see what else we got here. Someone in a podcast said the exact same thing. No effort is required. Yeah. And by the way, art too. Art has is done. Most art, it's when they say, whenever somebody says, what kind of artist are you? Freeform. Abstract. You know what that means? Not trained. You never practiced. Abstract. Or... Um, I know a guy. I know a guy who like went the art route yeah. from high school. Yeah, and he would literally like all day. He would just like spray paint canvases, canvases right, for nothing and, and random colors and yeah. spin them and spit on them. What the heck? Just random stuff. I think it's working for him though. Hey, art by Fatima's here. You would agree with this? What kind of artist? What kind of calligraphy? Freestyle. Oh, you know what that translates as? Never got trained. Did not have the discipline to put in the time to submit to a calligrapher to teach us how to do calligraphy. There is not, it's not freestyle, okay? It's, I'm not trained. Jackson Pollock, people paid for this. And he did nothing, no effort at all. Just spray the paint, okay? Just spray it. No effort was done. He is the smartest one of all of them, right? He convinced people. What did he do? How did he convince everyone to be so obsessed? And I think that he actually, Jackson Pollock actually never got rich in his lifetime. He got rich afterwards. What kind of scribble scrabble is this? Right, put up a, a, a painting of this guy, okay? What scribble scrabble is that? <laughs> That's art. Michelangelo should be turning in his grave. And all the people who contributed to the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, it's all haram and makru, whatever you want to call it. But at least they did it right. Okay? Tell me, this is how your TV used to look when the cable wasn't set. Right? Even that had more order to it than this. Jackson Pollock. And, and all these, uh, MoMA, right? Uh, the Museum of Art, Modern Art. And you got... These pseudo-intellectuals standing in front of a circle, a red circle on a, on a canvas, and these pseudo-intellectuals. What do you see, Jim? Oh, no, no, sorry, we got the names wrong. What do you see, Connor? That's the new generation names, right? Oh, I don't know, Franklin, what, do you, what are you thinking? Franklin's a girl, I see of course. my deepest, darkest emotions. Yeah, this, look at this. Until <laughs> he ill. I see my internal conflict. This is, this is, and then they sit there discussing it. These people make, people are nuts. Hey, where is Art by Fatima? You're an artist, and now you're teaching in a school. Okay. Who, who is with me here, right, in looking at this stuff and just saying, society, you, this is, you guys got duped by these people. All these abstract MoMA, modern art people. I bet you they got together and they laugh. And they say, we fooled these stupid rich people in New York. All these idiots in Manhattan paying $26,000 for a simple... And that's a low price, by the way. That's a low price. For, for no skill required in these paintings. Museum of... Mo Let's see what a Jackson Pollock costs today. A fake is $1,000. A portrait. The original is $200 million. 
honestly, is the smartest businessman. Expressionist painting. He is the smartest one of all. He convinced these fools that the emperor has no clothes. But he didn't live to see it, unfortunately. That's his only problem. He got It got famous afterwards, right? His paintings. And it's funny when a museum says, oh, but it turned out to be a fake. What difference does it make? It's a bunch of paint on a canvas. It's not even good. There's no skill involved with this. Okay. Um... Art by Fatima confirms. It was about Russia. The U.S. supported abstract art during the Cold War to kind of show they support free thought, maybe. Yeah. Ditisera still likes it. You know what it would be good for? I'll tell you what Jackson Pollock, abstract, all that stuff would be good for. Anything that's going to get dirty, right? Like a rug with kids. Because you can't tell the, 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 the grape juice stain, the applesauce, the, the pomegranate juice. You can't tell what's what. That's the brilliance of, of Jackson Pollock. A rug, a clothes, shirt, bed sheets, where you can't see the vomit stain, the urine stain, all that. That's perfect. He's brilliant for that. That's what it's good for. Okay. CD Bros is doing something like that, haram. No, that's stealing money and ripping off and fooling these Manhattanites who annoy the heck out of anyone who's normal. Not only is haram, but give me a cut. Get me involved. I'll get involved if you can fool those people into paying, you know, $50,000 or something for nothing like that, basically. Muhammad says, Sadaqah and repentance removes calamities. I have tried so long, but my condition isn't getting any better. Any advice? Keep giving. Maybe it's require costs more. But also do other things such as check yourself. Maybe you're you you're part of it. Like if it's with a person, maybe you're part of it. Okay. I love when someone tells me I'm an artist. Really? Does someone pay for your art? Does someone pay you? If someone find it any value in your art that they would actually pay for it, which doesn't necessarily be the claim, but you're making a claim, right? I'm an artist, really. Where is your art in life where someone wants it? I think someone has to want it, right? Anyway. Camarosa says, my boss is sad that some of us don't want to come to the halal-friendly places because they feel we are being excluded. I tried to explain makru, but other colleagues still want their alcohol. Well, the non-Muslims, I guess, feel that excluded because the alcohol isn't being served. So you have a Muslim boss and you got non-Muslim employees and the party that he's holding or whatever... The happy hour is not so happy for them. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? What should he do? That's a sadness that is for him, not against him. You know, he's trying to keep things halal. And people don't like it. There's nothing you could do about it. That's a reward for him, that sadness. 
But he's got to do things right. Like you can't have a happy hour or whatever, a meeting with alcohol. I'm sorry. So that's part of the price we pay. AK says, you had spoken on the ruling versus fatwa. Can a fatwa convert into a ruling with ijma' of ulama? An ijma' cannot contradict a previous ijma'. But within a madhab, yes, that is possible. Okay. Within a madhab, yes. That, and for example, the Hanafis may have had ijma' on one thing at one generation. Later on, they viewed the matter differently because the situation changed. Within the madhab, yes. My boss isn't Muslim. Wow. I explained the concept of makruh to explain why us Muslims won't attend even though the food is halal. Oh, maybe that you're not mingling or something like that. I mean, there's some even Muslims that won't even understand what makruh means. Yeah. You know? yeah. They try to say like something's disliked yeah. objectively to somebody who doesn't have any objective law. Yeah. It might not make sense to them. Maybe want to say like, I prefer not to go to these places. Yeah, just be binary about it. Like, so we can't do this, we can't do that. Which one? What does it say? What's your latest read? The latest book that I'm reading? I'm always reading a couple different books. Uh, uh, I don't have one specific book that I'm reading. I'm always dabbling between probably usually the same few books um, so that I could really absorb them. So, but there's nothing specific. Uh, Mariam says, what's a good way to build a consistent dhikr routine, which is the way of the awrad? So go to safinasociety.org forward slash wird, W-I-R-D, and, um, and start saying one in the morning and one at night. Yes. Mm. Imsanawaji says, I'm not getting to graduate programs. I've tried for four years. Any advice? Try for a fifth year, then a sixth year. Get a coach. Get someone, get in contact with someone who's been to the graduate school and got accepted to the graduate school that you want to get into. And let them coach you. Do everything they say. Obey, listen and obey. Because they've done it, they can get you to do it. What do you study in after the Kharida? Well, Kharida is pretty short, then you're going to do Tahawiyah. And then there are other books. Sanusi's books, for example. And then eventually you're going to go to... Um, eventually uh, you're going to go to Hashit al-Bayjuri, ala Jawharat al-Tawheed, eventually. Work events and work stuff... Yeah, it's, it's something that if you can avoid those altogether, then you just have people know that you don't show up, you're not offending anybody. You just don't go, you offend everyone equally. So, All right, what is the brother saying? Um, a brother is saying, I don't know what he was saying. Oh, a brother is asking, how do they know that paintings are fake? This is uh, sort of an interesting, um, it's an interesting uh, subject because um, they have something called, it's like the chain of transmission of a painting. 
Art by Fatima probably remembers this. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a chain of transmission of a painting. And they trace the, they doc, the documentation. And that's how you know a painting is real. Not only that, they now go back and they have logs of when paints were invented or produced, manufactured by different companies. So one guy got caught selling a fake, producing a fake, and the way he got caught was that he used a type of paint that was produced after the supposed time that that painting was made. So he would make he would mimic paintings, and then they would be um, people would test them, museums before buying them, and they would have to know when that painting was made so they could test it in that way. Right, so that there are methods, or the canvas itself, how it aged. So they have their own techniques. But the amazing thing is that the um, the amazing thing about that is that it is scented, right? It's the same thing that we take scented for hadith. It's the same concept, right? Abay allowance. What's your tips on writing? What's the best time of, to write? The best time to write is when there's nobody around. When there's nobody around, that's the best. That's the best time to write. This poor sister said, I left the job, but when they didn't even throw me a goodbye party, they knew I wouldn't show up. What surah should we recite during trials? And when will the last stream be before we go to Umrah? Good question. Let's look at the calendar real quick. Sadiq is asking, is Johar Sitohid intro or intermediate? It's like advanced intermediate. The last stream is the 22nd of December. And then we are off until probably the 3rd of January. With, with Sheikh Osama? Sheikh Murad. Sheikh Murad. That's good. Ali Qari. That's good. And with Jahar Zitawheed, it's, it's the commentary that renders it intermediary or intermediate or advanced. Abaya Lounge. How do I get over imposter's syndrome? Could you look that up, Ryan? What is the meaning of imposter's syndrome? Imposter's syndrome is basically like, oh, I, shouldn't, I don't deserve to be in this position that I'm in. I'm such a bum. Mm. Like if someone's a, whatever, you know. Nobody deserves anything. Everything is thought from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Take it and be happy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, take what we gave you and be grateful, right? So sometimes people may have a, something about them. Shaitan whispers to them so that they could reject Allah's gift. Allah says about the, take it and be grateful. Culprit says, I was accosted by a Salafi. Who told me not to pray behind a braille we, a braille v? As he's a kafir. How do I politely reply to him? You got to learn slowly to. Uh, have to learn slowly to uh, express yourself and your beliefs. You can't live in double life. You can't live in secret. You can't live in hiding. You have to explain. I don't believe what you believe. Politely. You have your beliefs, I don't believe them. Simple as that. They're just they're just not my beliefs. 
I'm studying the Maliki school, says Subhi. How should I maneuver between putting it into practice when I come from a strong Shafi background? You can put it into practice if you're talking about like in the family and they may not be happy with what you're saying or be surprised or what what is this and we've always been doing this, right? Then we you can apply muraat al-khilaf respecting the differences. No problem. So no one gets upset. And then every time you learn something, you do it at least for yourself, privately. And if you're with people, you don't have to upset them. You, you, that's not that's not living a double life or being secretive. That's just mura'at al-khilaf, which is respecting the differences. So if they do something in one way in a masjid and you don't want to go and upsetting everybody, that's, you're totally, that's totally fine. But otherwise, you practice every little thing that we learn. And if you want to really cement it in your head, tell other people about it. When you talk about something, when you want something to, to be settle in your heart and to be strong about it, keep saying it to people. Anam Lodi says, what's the simplest way to explain to self to kids? Don't use the word to sawuf, just cite the hadiths. The hadiths of tahajjud, the hadiths about dhikr, the hadiths about humility, the hadiths about loving for your brother what you love for yourself, the hadith of sweetness of faith, the hadith about dhikr. Cite that. Abaya Lounge says, I'm new here. What madhab do you follow? I follow the Madiki madhab here. Um, Subhi says, I'm confused about what's Shafi and what's Madiki on a topic. Ask it in the, in the chat, in the Madiki chat. You should be in the Madiki chat, right? So ask it there. Just bring it out and make sure you, uh, you ask your, your question succinctly. And, and this is from the Adab. Some people get an answer and some people don't, right? And if you look at the reason why some people get an answer, some people don't, is that the one who will get an answer is the one who frames the question in a simple binary that can be answered with like one or two words. But some people tuck in two and three questions in one. You're not going to get an answer for that reason. That's why the Prophet said half of knowledge is the right question. Knowing how to ask a question is half of knowledge. So... Make your question short and as much as possible it could be answered with like one word or a binary yes or no like that. Will there be an Umrah stream with dhikr or lessons? It depends on the Wi-Fi at the hotels and it depends if I have someone to hold the phone up. But most likely I don't want to do a, a yeah, sloppy live stream. So we maybe just post some videos but not, we probably won't have a full, full-on stream. Maybe there will come a day where we actually have an AV person walking around and setting up wherever we go. Can Nomadiki work in a supermarket? Yes, but he cannot sell or handle the food item that is haram. Problem is, culprit says, I live in London, and these types of people are everywhere. Um, you will have to eventually muster up the strength to say, I respectfully disagree, and I have chosen to follow Shafi or Abu Hanifa or Madik and his school of thought because I believe that he's most worthy of following. And if they say, No, but you should follow the Quran and the Sunnah, and Shafi is a man. Madik is a man, and men make mistakes. 
we say Shafi was following the Quran and the Sunnah. You or Albani or Bimbaz are trying to follow the Quran and the Sunnah. We don't disagree that they have a great intention. But who is more worthy of following? A man who had millions of followers and established a madhab that has survived for over a thousand years? Or one who just started a madhab and he brings his ijtihadat for the last 200 years? Okay? No offense to anybody, but intellect, logic, mantiq, who is more worthy of being of follow, being followed? And Nawawi and Ibn Hajar are part of that madhab? That's, that's pretty heavy. Those are some heavy hitters. They said that they follow Shafi. And if it's Abu Hanifa, I can give you more names. And if it's Malik, I can give you names. And if it's Ahmed ibn Hanbal, we can give you names. So the question is, who is most worthy of following? I'm following and you're following. Say, oh, no, I don't follow anyone. Okay, you're better than me. I'm not that bright. I'm not that strong. I need to follow somebody. Doesn't mean I'm not going to learn the evidence. I'm going to learn the evidence. But I cannot produce the evidence by myself. How simple is that? Makes sense, right? Can you give me motivation to stay up after Fajr to read Ishraq? There's a special light and a special bounty that's given at that time, which is intimacy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who stays up at that hour when everyone else is asleep, he has a special intimacy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, Joseph, what do you mean by this? What do you mean handle? What did I say? Did I say something about handle? I can't remember. Hanbal. Ahmed ibn Hanbal, I think I said. I can't remember what I said. Yeah. All right, let's see. Yeah, you can't touch it. You can't touch kanzir. You can't touch meat that's najis. You can't touch the, the meat department, the poultry department, the alcohol department. You can't touch that stuff. What ayah in Surah Al-Isra talks about people freeing Palestine will be described as worshippers. The beginning and the end. The beginning and the end. Let's read it, since you brought up the question. Why not? This is very well known, in fact. And it's a ta'wil. It's not an explicit, but it's ta'wil. Here it is. وَقَضَيْنَا إِلَىٰ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ فِي الْكِتَابِ We have destined, in the book of destiny, for the Bani Israel, لَتُفْسِدُنَّ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَّتَيْنِ You will sow corruption all over the earth, two times. وَلَتَعْلُنَّ عُلُوًّا كَبِيرًا And you will rise a very high rising. Some said there are two corruptions and then a third one complete domination of the world others said two corruptions in both of them they're very powerful okay if the promise of the first of the two comes we send upon you our slaves of Allah okay 
our slaves, our ibad, people who worship us. Uli ba'sin shadid. They are extremely strong. So not only are they, so look what Allah describes them. Ibadan lana. Worshippers of ours, slaves of ours, servants of ours, but they are very strong. Allah loves the strong believer, not the weak believer. Highly recommend everyone who's weak out there to try to become strong. Okay? Like if you're living a double life, I don't have people hiding my opinions. Why? If it's true, better not there like the sun. If you can't, learn how to explain it properly. Learn the evidence properly. Okay. فَجَاسُوا خِلَالَ الدِّيَارِ وَكَانَ وَعْدًا مَفَوْلًا And they went about dominating the homes. And this was a promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ثُمَّ رَدَدَنَا لَكُمُ الْكَرَّةَ عَلَيْهِمْ Then you defeated them again. We allowed you to defeat them again. وَأَمْدَدْنَاكُمْ And we gave you wealth. بِأَمْوَالِ وَبَنِينَ And your population is on your side. You have... New generation, a new generation that's strong. وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ أَكْثَرَ نَفِيرًا And you have more soldiers than anybody else. إِنْ أَحْسَنْتُمْ أَحْسَنْتُمْ لِأَنفُسِكُمْ If you do good, it's for yourself. وَإِنْ أَسَأْتُمْ فَلَهَا And if you do bad, it's also against yourself. فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعَدُ الْآخِرَةِ If the la- if the second promise comes, لِيَسُوءُ جُوهَكُمْ they will make your faces miserable. You, you, the misery will be shown on your face. And they will enter the sacred mosque, Jerusalem. Okay. As they entered into it the first time. Okay. okay. Some have said that these two refer to the Bani Israel as believers and that the Ibad here are the punishment of Allah by the Persians, the Romans, etc. That's why I said it's Mu'awwal, it's not Qatay. It's Mu'awwal. It's, it's interpreted. Others have interpreted as the Yahud gone astray, did bad things, then Allah sends them believers who retake the sacred mosque at Jerusalem. Okay. And then it goes at the end, it mentions it too. And it's also interpretive. It's an interpretation. It's not qati. All the way at the end of Surah Al-Isra, he says, Just wait. I don't want to keep you all waiting, but. وَبِالْحَقِّ أَنزَلْنَاهُ وَبِالْحَقِّ نَزَلُ فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعَدُ الْآخِرَةِ جِئْنَا بِكُمْ لَفِيفَ وَبِالْحَقِّ أَنزَلْنَاهُ وَبِالْحَقِّ نَزَلُ It doesn't mention عِبَادًا لَنَا But that's the, that's the meaning of the interpretation, what I just recited to you the first time. Okay. That, and, and again, as I said, it's an interpretation. It is not qat'i. Uh, in any way, shape, and form. A couple more questions. Is it true that the Amazigh fought the Umayyads? 
because they imposed jizya on the converts. It's possible. It's possible. The the Umayyads they didn't were no, they wanted the jizya. They didn't care so much if you became Muslim or not. That's that's historically known. They were more into the jizya. A Shia woman tweeted at me. She said she showed an example of the Taliban lashing somebody and said, this is your Umayyad religion, right? And she tagged me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, first of all, you're upset about that. You're lucky. You're Shia. You, if she was Shia, she would have been lashing herself, right? Am I right or wrong? Worse lashing. We're not allowed to cut the skin when we lash somebody. And you're not allowed to use your arm when you your shoulder when you lash you only use your elbow when you lash like that but i'm very surprised that someone trying to make a sunni look bad because we believe in lashes you lash yourselves use your brain what was this thing the you context the, the umayyad what why is because she has they feel the sunnis are following umayyad religion that the umayyads made all this religion that they are the ones who invented all the hadith. Um, that's why they say that. Okay. So that's what they said. And I'm surprised at somebody who is going to talk about lashing as a way to mock a Sunni. You clearly didn't think it through. Okay. I just saw it while I was walking real quick and um, didn't respond to her yet. But I will. What is Sophia's, what is Sophia's question? Mm. where is the question that I she said I hope he re, I reply which one is it mm. I think I answered it right is it the supermarket question? Yeah, I don't know. But hey, another beautiful. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, is I there? Think it's, uh, they're mm. asking about what class does Ustada Hala do. Hala teaches the uh, youth, the middle schoolers, youth, any youth, general youth, middle school, high school. She teaches fundamentals of fiqh, Maliki, and aqidah and akhlaq. She's one of the best. Her class is one of the best. Okay. What happens if we touch nejis meat and alcohol? If it's wet and it stays on your hand, you have to wash your hands until the water comes off clean. That's it. But if it's dry nejis, there's, it's, it's like uh, the meat is muta nejis, right? But let's say if it was like beer, but it was iced, hypothetically, right? And it was dry. There would be nothing to do. So the najasa is always usually in a fluid form that you'd have to wash off. If it's dry, there's nothing to wash off. Touching it intentionally, yes, is a minor sin. To touch najasa intentionally is a minor sin. All right. Uh, what's going on here? Mm. All right, folks. Very good. Lily Rose, advice to the people. I think she's giving advice here to the people about the uh, the meetings, I guess, saying 
I wouldn't want to get in the way of your fun, but I bow out respectfully. I think that's about the meetings, these workplace meetings. Okay. I'm a law student, and the UK courts bow to the judge. I was told to just nod instead of bowing. Yeah, that's what I would do. I'm bowing to no judge. Okay. I'm bowing. What is this? What what century are we in here? Right? What century is this? I just nod and nodding is fine. Nodding is like hello or whatever. And bowing, wait, moving my waist for you. This is probably but like a, ask what the other Muslim soldiers, uh, lawyers did. Yeah. This is probably a bigger question mm-hmm. that requires maybe asking Mufti or something. Yeah. What about like this uh, swearing by, oathing on the book when you go up to stand? Swear on the Quran. In your intention. They have to. They they have to give you the book of your choice. Oh, they, oh really? Yeah. Uh, they got to give you the book that you believe in. Interesting. So they give you the Quran. Jazakum Allah khairan everyone Please uh, don't forget to help us uh, to, to, to support us by liking the channel Subscribing so that you can get notifications And also uh, Going to patreon.com Forward slash Safina Society To support the channel And the live stream and, and, and be somebody who Takes what you learn and spread it The best thing you could do is act upon it And spread it to your family uh, we're going to get a different level of reward at that point. So have a good weekend, everyone, and we'll see you back on Monday. Jazakumullah khairan, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr, inna al-insana lafi khusr, illa al-ladhina aminu aminu al-salihat. Wa tawasaw bil-haq, wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.